How much did you weigh and how tall were you back then as a little freshie in high school? Uh, you know, I probably told everybody I was six foot. You know, that that probably wasn't true. I was probably a good 5'11". Uh, I think I was about 180. Uh, and that was after, uh, you know, I took a red shirt in the uh, eighth grade, did eighth grade twice. So, uh, just <laughs> I like that. Yeah, the eighth yeah. grade red shirt. So you're still lying about your height now, huh? Oh, 100%. I'm Trent Dilfer. Welcome to Beyond the X's and O's. Today, we sit down with Gardner Minshew. And Gardner's a guy that I think, my personal opinion, uh, even though Trevor Lawrence just showed up in Jacksonville, he's a guy that's going to play a long time in the NFL. He's going to get another shot to be a starter, and he's going to play at a high level. Let's not forget, this is a guy that already in 20 starts is over 62%, over 3-1 to touchdown-interception ratio. Uh, uses his legs well, can extend time and space in the pocket, has over 400 yards rushing. He's been in a tough spot. But I think as we, as you listen to this and watch this, you're going to start to understand that tough spots are nothing new for Gardner Minshew. We talk about his journey from high school being highly productive, uh, to some really weird circumstances while he wasn't recruited at a high level. Uh, his journey from JUCO uh, to East Carolina to Washington State, where he uh, sets a program record with 11 wins. One thing we talk about towards the end is we start talking about similarities of other quarterbacks that you will know their names and their journeys. Tony Romo. Uh, let's not forget, you probably remember Tony Romo right now as the rock star CBS broadcaster, uh, super productive quarterback for the Cowboys. But there was a time when Tony Romo was getting booed out of stadiums. Uh, how about Drew Brees? I'm old enough to play against Drew Brees when they were running him out of San Diego and they draft, draft Phillip Rivers. And uh, Drew Brees isn't sure if he's going to play because his shoulder's mangled. Turned out pretty good for Drew Brees. How about Cam Newton also being a junior college guy? Aaron Rodgers being a junior college guy. Uh, Josh Allen being a junior college guy. Uh, Matthew Hasselbeck, another six-round draft choice that his road wasn't easy. And he ends up having a great career in the NFL. So Gardner Minshew's story is fantastic. I don't think it's done being written. Uh, I don't think it's close to being done being written. Uh, but there's so many lessons to be learned from it. So don't just listen to Gardner's words and his stories. Reflect on how it might be like your story. Uh, I learned a lot from this time with Gardner Minshew. I hope you do as well. But let's jump in with Gardner Minshew. Gardner, I think you're going to enjoy this because you have one of the greatest stories that I've come across in this quarterback journey. And that's what this show's about. Beyond the X's knows, we want to hear about your journey. And I want to start it this way. I want you to take me to your first high school start not, and then talk me through your first high school touchdown pass. I want to hear about the nerves. I want to hear about the lights in Mississippi. I want to know it all. Paint a picture of Gardner Minshew's first high school start as a quarterback. Yeah. So I'll take you through. It was really my first game. So as a ninth grader, I'm playing with the ninth grade team, but I'm dressing out for the high school. I was practicing with both teams every day. Um, because I was the number two for the high school. Um, but as soon as they played me with the high school, I couldn't play any more ninth grade games. So I was the number two, just kind of waiting. And we get into like district play and our starting quarterback gets hurt, breaks his arm. And um, they put me in. Um, we we're playing against Petal High School, who goes on. They um, end up the state runner-ups, have Mississippi Player of the Year, they're loaded. Uh, come in, uh, throw a couple touchdowns in the fourth quarter, bring us back. Have a chance to win. Uh, didn't end up doing it, but um, it, was, it was just too much fun. 
Uh, All right, well, hold on a second there. Yeah. You, you, I want to go a deep dive on this. Still a couple touchdown passes as a freshman against the eventual state runner-ups. What was the play you threw the first touchdown on? Do you remember oh, it? Oh, man, it was uh, – I think it was some type of wide corner with uh, slant and above when they just dropped the corner completely. Ended up getting a free one. Um, that was just – yeah, nothing like those freebies. Okay, this is one for you. How much did you weigh, and how tall were you back then, as a little freshie in high school? Uh, you know, I probably told everybody I was six foot. You know that that probably wasn't true. I was probably a good five eleven. Uh, I think I was about 180, 180 my freshman year, uh, and that was after you know I took a red shirt in the uh, eighth grade. Did eighth grade twice. So, uh, <laughs> I like that. that the eighth now. grade red shirt. So you're still lying about your height now, huh? Oh, hundred percent. You know, I, I, but I was six one in my pro day, so you know, I feel like as long as you measure that once, you're good. You know, somebody says I'm six one. So. No, I tell my kids Thank I'll it. be six four till I die because that's how I was at my uh, combine right. workout. So I don't care how many Achilles tendons and knee replacements I have, I'm staying at six four. That's right. All right, so cool. You dominated high school football, right? Were you a dual sport athlete? Uh, no, I just played football after. After being the guy in ninth grade, I knew that's all I wanted. You know, there was nothing, nothing touched that for me. So I didn't have, I'd rather work out in the spring than play baseball or basketball. I like that. So talk to me about some of the ups and downs during that high school uh, experience, being, being the dude for what, I guess, three and a half years now since you took over as a freshman. Yeah, three and a half years, man. It was, it was amazing. I was so lucky to play at a place that was such a community where town shut down on Friday night. Like everybody is at Brandon High School watching us play. Louis Jean Strickland Field, there's nothing better. Um, and, you know, playing with all the guys, like I had the same center from fourth grade all the way up to my junior year, you know, um, and like things like that, you know, playing with the guys you grow up with. Uh, that's what's so cool about high school ball is those relationships, you know, formed over years and years. And uh, I think that's one of the special things still about, especially Mississippi high school football. Okay, so same center since your fourth grade year. Please tell me you had no center quarterback exchange issues in high school. Oh, man, we had a couple, unfortunately, a couple uh, detrimental ones. But, uh, yeah, most of the time we were pretty good. <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> All right, well, then there's a lot of kids that are going to listen to this, and they played a lot of ball. You played a lot of ball in high school, very productive, uh, massively productive. They're going through this recruiting process. Uh Talk me through your recruiting process. Yeah. So, man, I, I had a crazy one. Um, you know, went to the state championship as a sophomore. So I started getting invited to all the, you know, junior days, all the camps, everything. You know, I was going to Alabama. I was going everywhere, you know, thinking I was about to be, you know, Mr. Everything. But, um, you know, comes going into my senior year, I end up getting Akron and then UAB and then Troy. So Akron, um, the coach that – like was from Mississippi that was recruiting me actually passed away in a, a car accident. And then, so I lost that offer UAB, they shut the uh, program down. So I lost that offer. And then Troy, the head coach, um, coach Blakeney retired. So I lost that offer too. Um, all while, you know, throwing for, you know, putting up good numbers, winning a lot of games. Uh, so it's super frustrating, you know, you don't really get it. Um, but now looking back, you know, I know I took the right route for me. Yeah, but looking back now, you're you're old and and wily now. But talk to these kids that I mean, three things happened to you that you couldn't control. You have three offers, three unforeseeable events happen. You lose these offers. 
Uh, when you say frustrated, was it just frustrating? Did it affect your identity? Was it beyond frustration? Was there some anger involved? Like that had to have been a tough road right there. No, it was awful, man. It was, it was so frustrating, you know, because I go like to the Elite 11. I remember I won the like accuracy word for a camp. I go to the Nike camp. I win the Nike camp over guys that have these offers. Go to the Rivals camp, win the regional Rivals camp that, you know, where all these guys have offers. You know, so I felt like I was doing everything, but it just wasn't adding up, you know. And I remember, you know, one in particular, you know, I was driving at home, you know, with my dad and I, I was on the phone with a coach from Southern Miss. And uh, when he told me that, you know, that basically I wasn't in the mix for him anymore. And I remember just breaking down, you know, and just I was bawling. My dad was right next to me. He's crying, too. And it's just so, it's just so frustrating, you know, um, you know, but I think I just turned that into, you know what, I'm going I'm to give everything I have to this senior year. I'm going to leave no stone unturned. Um, and, you know, we had a great year. And those are memories I look back fondly of, you know. That's fantastic. I think it's really important what you said right there. You just kind of buried your head in the sand and started controlling things you could control uh, and good things turn out. So you end up walking on at Troy, correct? Yep. I walked on at Troy. Um, I was on like academic scholarship that first uh, that spring semester. I think that's another lesson learned that academics was still a priority for you. You're able to get some money that way. Now, this is something that doesn't get talked about enough. You end up going to Northwest Mississippi Community College. For those that don't know your story, uh, it was not just a good decision, it was a great decision. And you ended up being very successful and led some other, to some other opportunities. So, so take the audience kind of what took you to community college and, and your experience there, because you're not alone. We have Aaron Rodgers, community college yeah. experience, Josh Allen, community college experience. There's a there's some dudes playing the NFL where their JUCO yeah. experience is what kind of launched them to where they're at now. Yeah, you know, I, I'm very fortunate being from Mississippi that has, in my opinion, the best, you know, JUCO football, especially for those in-state kids. That's great opportunities. Um, and, man, it, it just worked out. Um, coach Jack Wright was the head coach at Northwest. He was very good friends with my high school officer coordinator, Wyatt Rogers. Um, so they're running a lot of the same stuff that I was running in high school as some air raid principles. I knew uh, I'd have a chance to be successful there. And uh, but man, you get to Juco and it's just such a different, you know, place because everybody is on the trying to move up. That's what everybody's trying. Nobody's satisfied with being at Juco. You know, it's not that we didn't enjoy it there, not that we didn't enjoy each other, but everybody was on that same mission. Hey, we're trying to get out of here. We're trying to go somewhere. So it gave it such an edge man. it's some of the hardest and hardest playing football I've ever been a part of. And to me, that was as fun as any year I've had. Uh, just because the guys on the team, how everybody was on that same mission. And I mean, we won games that were, you know, very successful. So you guys, I think I'm correct. You're seeing you went 11 and one, correct? Yep. That's right. And it launched you to East Carolina. Yep. Uh, now you go to East Carolina. They're in a little bit of a rebuilding mode. But I think to set context here for everybody, you've played three and a half years of high school ball. So you've thrown it a ton. Uh, you've been the quarterback, as I always say, not just on the field, but in the locker room, in the classroom, in the community. So you've been the quarterback for three and a half years in high school. Now you just went and went on an epic run in community college where you're the quarterback on the field, off the field, in the community. And I go to East Carolina, and it's not all rainbows and roses, to say no. the least. Uh, so what what lessons did you learn at East Carolina while you were playing ball, while you're trying to compete and win as many games as possible? Yeah, I think one of the uh, biggest lessons I learned, man, is going into my junior year there, 
Uh, I was named the starter. I was in a competition with uh, Thomas Sirk, who's a graduate transfer from Duke. He played with uh, Scotty Montgomery, our head coach. Um, but I beat him out. You know, it was my team. And, like, that was so prideful for me. Um, but I knew going into that first game, I was kind of looking over my shoulder. You know, and I was – I was play, I wasn't playing like myself. I was playing Timmon. And uh, at halftime, I ended up getting pulled. And uh, I was booted off the field, pulled. Other guy goes in. And, um, you know, that taught me a lot. You know, I think – uh, one thing is I told myself I was never going to play like that again. You know, I'm never going to play like, you know, I'm looking over my shoulder. Every time I play from here on out, I'm cutting it loose and I'm playing my game. I owe it to myself, put in too much work to be going out there worried and worried about, you know, playing this game for anybody else. So that was big. And also learned, hey, this is the worst that can happen. Just getting benched. This is it. Like I can make I've made it through this. You know, there, I, there's no reason to fear moving forward. Um, and I think that having to work through that took away a lot of anxiety for me because, um, you know, really for the first time in my life going through that. There's so many quarterbacks that, and I'm being one of them, probably the top of the list, that were held back because the fear of failure. Uh, you mentioned it there. So looking over your shoulder, the, the fear of making a mistake. Um, talk to me about the mental dynamic of that fear seeping in. And, and you touched on it a little bit, but how you get through that? Yeah, no, I think uh, one, one of the biggest things I think we always forget is how much fun this game is, how much fun playing football is. You know, I look at the best times I've ever played are also the funnest, funnest games I've ever played. You know, the times where it's just coming to you, you're feeling loose, you know, you're just with your guys. And I think, you know, getting to that point, accepting what you can control, accepting that, hey, I've put my preparation in, I've done everything I can to be ready for this moment. Now I can just go play. You know, I think um, there's a lot of freedom and a lot of joy that can come from having that preparation put in. You know, you got to get to that point before you can really cut it loose, I think. Um, and I'm with you there. And I'll chime in there. I, I hope every young quarterback heard that. There, You trust your preparation. You find joy in the game again, just letting it rip, letting it. Exactly. Just being you, right? I always tell our quarterbacks, 100%. just go be you. And if you're prepared well enough, being you on a – Friday night or Saturday afternoon is one of the most freeing things that can happen as a quarterback. Uh, you also mentioned one other thing I want to dive into, and it really hasn't come up with our other guests, but being the guy, all right, your team, thats a, that gets thrown around a lot uh, by the media, gets thrown around in the locker rooms. What does that mean to you when it's your team? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, who are they looking for when it's two minutes left and you're down by five? You know, who's the guy they want in there? To me, that's whose team it is. You know, it's it doesn't have to be the guy that says all the right things. You know, a lot of times it's not even the guy that does all the right things. But it's that guy when there's two minutes left, he's the one you want because he's the one you think is going to go let you win the game. Uh, and that's always – I've kind of hung my hat on in those situations. I don't want anybody looking anywhere else but at me. That's fantastic. Now, I don't know. Once you get in the NFL, people start forgetting about your story. I know this was a story when you end up going to Washington State, but there was a little lag there. Is this, is it still one of your dreams to be a coach one day? Um, yeah, probably in a different capacity. Um, you know, probably I'm. I don't think I'm gonna have it in me to work through the GA ranks. You know, but uh, you know, maybe maybe some high school ball uh, or something. You know, there's no telling. But at that time of your life, you're leaving East Carolina. You get this incredible opportunity with Coach Saban. Uh, and Alabama and walk us through kind of that 
that period of time where you're not sure whether you want to go into coaching, you have a neat opportunity in front of you, and then you get a really interesting conversation with Coach Leach. Yeah, so this is like – it is so crazy how close I was to going to Alabama. So um, in January, they had basically offered me – I would have been, you know, on the team that fall. They were thinking Jalen was going to leave, so I would have been the backup to Tua with a chance to get some reps, you know. Um, but it would have probably – it would have been Tua's team. Um, so I'd have done that and then set up for a GA opportunity that next spring. Um, and they were working on a deal. Uh, Saban had to get it passed by the president for me to be in school February 12th. And if that would have gotten went through, that's where I'd have been. But tell me how often this happens. The president said no to Nick Saban. It didn't work for whatever reason, which I can't imagine that ever happens. But I'm so glad it did. Cause ended up leaving the door open. Jalen looked like he was going to stay. Coach Mike Leach hits me up. He says, do you want to come lead the country in passing? I said, yes, that's what I want to do. And man, I'm so fortunate that that happened, but it's crazy. Like how close, you know, some things are and how things just have to line up right for you sometimes. Well, I think an interesting thing too, that people don't talk a lot about is geography. So you're a Southern boy and you're, you know, you've, your whole football experience has been in the South. This doesn't work work uh, out with Coach Saban and Alabama, and this guy is at Washington State. And when I played in Seattle, uh, Matt Hasselback and I used to say it felt like we were in Canada. We were so far away from the rest of America. So here you go from the South up to Washington State with the promise of leading the nation in passing. Uh, that first month had to have been a roller coaster. Oh, uh, it was crazy, you know. Um... You know, got up. I didn't get up there until the uh, till summer for summer workouts. Uh, I was sleeping on somebody's couch for about. I actually had an air mattress in somebody's living room for about three weeks before I could find a place to live. Um, but man, it was awesome. You know, that, that just jumping into those summer workouts like I was a freshman, just trying to be the you know first one in every sprint, lift more weights than everybody. And because uh, I knew going into that as that situation, you know, you can't go in as you know nobody cares what you did previous. You know, you have to earn everybody's respect just like you do walking in as a freshman. And that's how I treated it. That's incredible. So everybody knows program record 11 wins. Uh, you dominate that year at Washington State. Let's get into the pre-draft process a little bit. Your, uh, the, your quarterback trainer, David Morris from QB Country, who, by the way, is good as anybody out there in the country, an incredible man, incredible teacher. Absolutely. Uh, he's on record saying he just can't, couldn't get the – the name Drew Brees out of his head as he was comparing you uh, for the scouts and the coaches coming in asking about you. Um, more so, I'm less concerned about the physical traits here, but what is it about your aura? What is it about maybe your roller coaster ride, your journey that has given you that kind of confidence and um, that leader, those leadership qualities that people rave about? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the biggest things is you know, going into four different locker rooms and, you know, being the new guy in four different and going from new guy, you know, to one of the guys to the leader, to the guy, you know, and I think there's a transition that has to happen there. Uh, but I think going through that just gives me, you know, confidence to step into any room and feel like I can, you know, fit in and add value. Um, so I'm very, you know, it was never how to drawn it up, but I learned so much having to go those different stops um, that I'm very, you know, grateful for it now. Well, that's a perfect uh, jumping off time. We'll go to our first break. When we come back with Gardner Minshew, I want to talk more about uh, being in four different 
organizations and having to walk into new rooms and all the lessons learned there. We'll be right back. Hi, football fans. Trent Dilfer here to tell you that NFL Sunday TV is like having front row seats to every live out of market game every Sunday afternoon, no matter where you live. That's a lot of football. And guess what? This season, you get even more football than ever before. 18 weeks of NFL glory right there in your front room. Stream to your favorite device. Just picture it. You put your feet up, kick back, eat snacks. Oh, yeah. And stream an insane amount of football. So make your seat a front row seat and catch every second of your favorite players and your favorite teams every Sunday afternoon. To see if you are eligible, go online to NFLSundayTicket.tv slash SundayReady and stream every NFL Sunday Ticket game this season to follow your favorite team no matter where you live. Use promo code DILFER2021 at checkout to save 15%. Exclusive student discounts also available. My life is nuts. Whether I'm coaching high school football on Friday nights, watching college quarterbacks on Saturday, or watching NFL guys rip dimes on Sunday, I am always needing that extra shot of energy, and I live on this triple shot. Starbucks triple shot energy, extra strength coffee beverage in a can. That Starbucks coffee that you love, ready to drink. Four core flavors, vanilla, dark roast, cafe mocha, and now available in two zero sugar flavors, black and vanilla. So what gives you energy? Find your Starbucks triple shot energy online or at your local store. All right, back with Gardner Minshew and and something he said there right before he went to break uh, about why he can walk into a room and um, lead different teams is it, it the story wasn't written the way he would have written it. I think this is really important for everybody listening is so often we want our journey to go just as we've mapped it out. Everybody says, set your goals, set, uh, reach your intermediate goals, and you'll get to your final goals. So a lot of times our journey um, weaves about and has this roller coaster effect. And I think Gardner's touched on that. Um, hey, as you look back on it now, uh, would you have traded any of those pivots in your journey? No, absolutely. You know, I think as bad as some of those moments might've been, you know, I think I just learned so much through it, you know, getting booed off the field at ECU taught me to not care that much what people think. Cause if you do, I mean, you're just going to get burned at the end. Like you have to know who you are before you can, uh, you know, step out there. And uh, there's, there's so many, so many other lessons, but, you know, I think one of the biggest things is controlling what you can control. I can never control who offered me. I couldn't control how tall I was. I could control how much film I watched, how I worked out, and, you know, how I studied. Like, that was the things I could control. And I found peace in that when everything else was so uncertain. I love that. I mean, we're going to clip that and just play it for all young quarterbacks. Because, you know, one of the things I'm seeing, and I've seen for the last 10 years, the Elite 11, I see it now as a high school football coach. I see it in the pre-draft process is get people get derailed because of things they can't control instead of doing what you just said. Um, you can control some things. You can control reaching your best each day and waking up each day and finding the joy, as you talked about, in the yeah. process and in the grind. And I think so much of your story, if you, as an outsider looking in, so much of your story is not making little setbacks, big things, using them as motivation. I love when I watch you play, I always feel look at a guy that kind of has that chip on his shoulder. There is freedom there. There is fun there. But there's also that, hey, I'll show you. Give me a ball and let me kick your butt type mm-hmm. mentality. 
Um, the disappointments didn't end, right? You dominate huh. at Wazoo. I remember Drew Bledsoe and I were texting back and forth. I don't know if he ever told you this story, but we we're huh. texting back and forth about where we thought you would go. And I actually had you as a second rounder. And he said, thank God somebody else does too. <laughs> We thought you were a late first, early second round pick. We thought you played the position of quarterback as well as anybody in college football that year. We knew because we had both been first round picks, mainly because we're 6'4", 6'5", and 240, that you would drop because your lack of quote-unquote physical traits. Uh, but uh, we were your biggest fans. And, and to go on the third day, what was that waiting like, waiting for the third day to get drafted? Oh, you know, I knew, I knew that's how it was, you know, I've, like this whole process is just like recruiting, you know, it's all the same thing. Everybody listens to each other, you know, comes up with these, this group think uh, decisions, you know, I, I knew probably where I was going to go and I, I just knew I was going to get a chance and that's all I have ever asked for, you know, so there was, you know, not much stress for me on draft day. I think when I was getting called, I was playing some cornhole, you know, I was already having a few with my buddies. Like I wasn't watching. I gave my sister my phone. I was like, this is going to be a great day because I'm going to have a chance playing in the NFL. You know, and it doesn't okay, matter. Are you, whatever. Oh, I'm going to interrupt you for a second because I think the fans want to know, are you good at cornhole? Oh, I'm great at cornhole. I can imagine you being epic at cornhole. Absolutely. I think it's all about the ability to lock in, you know, no matter what, you know, distractions you have. And there's always many when you're playing cornhole. But I think, uh, you know, being able to zone it in right there is so important. I could see you. Tell me if I'm wrong here. You got some jorts on right? Some jean shorts that are probably pretty high. Do you like showing a lot of that thigh? Yep. You got some type of nasty muscle shirt on or tank top. Uh, you're not as clean cut as you are right now with that fancy beard. You probably have the mustache that kind of curled up at the end. You're all sweaty and gross and you're probably Miller light in your right hand. And you're probably just mocking people going cornhole with your left hand. Am I, am I close there? You're pretty close. So everything, I didn't have a shirt on. And okay. it was Bud Light, but everything else, you were pretty much at home. But I nailed everything yeah. else. I That's like it. it. Well, I'll tell you what, one of these days I'm, I'll get down there and we'll, we'll have a little cornhole competition. I'll bring my best partner. You find your best partner. I'll, I'll give you a little veteran uh, bubble there up go. in there. I can, man. Now, I do think this, I, I and this is something that never gets talked about. I think, you know, a lot of these quarterbacks, they get drafted and so much of their early success is going to depend on fit. And that's just not system fit. That's fit with the coaching staff. And that's fit in the quarterback room. And you go into a room with two of my favorites, Nick Foles and Josh Dobbs, uh, two guys that I've admired for years, as much for how they are off the field as they play 100%. the game. Talk to him about walking into that room. You probably don't know uh, either of them very well, uh, but what was it like walking in a room with two dudes like that? Oh, that was awesome. You know, Nick, like I was, he's like one of the best people I've ever been around. Like I learned so much from him. He was just no ego, like willing to teach. Like I was just there to kind of soak up everything I could from him. You know, the, all the experience that he had, you know, his story is just unreal, you know, on the verge of quitting football to be in the Super Bowl MVP. There was so much there and he's willing to share. And that was awesome. And then uh, Josh, he didn't get brought in until after Nick went down. But having him the last, um, you know, last while has been awesome too. Like he's probably he's probably the smartest person I've ever been around in football. You know, you can get in some pretty wild conversations with him. But as another guy that you know has has a lot of experience in the league and guy that I could kind of pick from. And uh, man, I just I really enjoyed being around those guys. And they were huge, huge help to me. 
<laughs> this is awesome stuff with Garner Minshew. Uh, we're going to take another break and we'll continue where we left off. Everyone's favorite time of the year is right around the corner. College football season. To celebrate, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting new players in the center of the action with $200 in free bets instantly if you bet $1 or more on any college football game. Take advantage of this limited-time offer now. You heard right. DraftKings is giving all new players $200 in free bets instantly when you place a bet of $1 or more on any college football game, no matter what. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now to check out all the great promotions and daily odds boosts that they are offering. DraftKings Sportsbook is safe, secure, and reliable. Located right here in the United States, so it's easy to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DILFER to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any college football game. That's promo code DILFER to get your free $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Well, we got to talk some NFL. I'm going to be respectful of your time, so I'll end with this. People don't know this, but your NFL numbers after 20 starts are fantastic. Uh, you're over 62% completion percentage. You have over 400 yards rushing. You're over three to one touchdown to interception ratio. Uh, you've been in a tough situation. Despite all that, a lot like, and I'll go back to your high school career, dominate high school football, great numbers. Uh, Juco, 11 and one, great numbers. Uh, Wazoo, uh, 11 wins, great numbers. Uh, now you're sitting in a position where they just went and first overall pick draft draft Trevor Lawrence, who everybody's just stamped as a future Hall of Famer. And here you are playing good ball and find yourself in another one of the situations you can't control. Uh, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but I got to assume your mindset is very similar to as it was through all those other parts of your journey. Yeah, absolutely. I know that if I continue to get better, that there's a spot in this league for me. You know, I know that I'll be on that field. Yeah, I know I know how I work and I know what I can get better at. So that's all that matters. You know, I just got to stay the course. You know, I'm not going to let anything kind of knock me off that. You know, I, I can't control if I start. I can't control who they draft, but I can control how I work. I control how I can get better this camp, you know. So that's, you know, just another um, – it kind of frees you up. You know, I think that comparison game, you know, comparison is kind of a thief of joy. Like, it, you know, you just got to play your game and you got to be the best you can be. And and I and I enjoy that process, you know, and I know as long as I do, there'll be a place for me. Well, let me encourage you. So I'm old and gray and broken, and I've been around football a while. Uh, Drew Brees played against him when he was San Diego. I was with the Seahawks. They were running him out of town and they drafted a guy named Philip Rivers. Uh, he had broken his shoulder, torn it all up. Wasn't sure if he was going to play again. Worked out pretty well for him. Uh, Tony Romo, undrafted. I'm old enough to remember. People remember Tony Romo now for all the good times in Dallas and being a rock star announcer. He was getting booed off the field. Yep. He was getting benched. They were looking for somebody to replace him. He had a very similar mentality. Matthew Hasselback, one of my best friends on the planet. Uh, I actually took his job. They actually did boo him off the field. I got his contract. 
<laughs> he ends up uh, having a great career in Seattle. I can go on and on and on. Uh, I'm one of your biggest believers, always have been. I think that mentality, and this, I think this is the lesson to be learned from this story, is your story has been consistent from the beginning. You keep controlling what you can control, and great things happen. It doesn't always happen the way you plan them, but it happens happens well. So, uh, Gardner, thank you so much for your time. Uh, you've been amazing, and please keep sharing this story. We're going to share it. I think there's so much to be learned from it. And uh, know that this old this old fart here is one of your biggest fans. So thanks for being with us. I appreciate you, Trent. You've been with that every step of the way since Juco, high school, all of it, man. I really do appreciate you. Seriously. You got it. See you, buddy. Yeah, see ya. Next episode, we sit down with one of the all-time greats, Hall of Fame quarterback Brett Favre. We talk about his journey and all the twists and turns in it. But we also talk about a legacy he left in the NFL for young quarterbacks that you probably don't know about. Couldn't be more excited to sit down and hang out with Brett Favre.